Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyi'ati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlil fala hadiya lahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu amma ba'd So we've been doing these lessons talking about the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and today we're going to have a look at one particular aspect of the aqidah regarding the names and attributes of Allah and that is in reference to where is Allah and this is a question that often comes up between people and discussions often occur between people regarding where is Allah so we're going to have a look at this particular topic today and the evidences that are mentioned about it in order to understand the correct aqidah regarding this question regarding the answer to where is Allah firstly we have to understand the meaning of al-ulu because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most high do we not always say Allah the most high said Allahu Ta'ala Allah the most high so the first thing to understand is what is the meaning of being the most high that Allah has al-ulu al-ulu has three meanings to it al-ulu highness has three meanings to it one is uluwul makan being high in terms of physically being high physically so in arabic they may say ala fulan al jabala ala fulan al jabala somebody went up the mountain so ala al-ulu one meaning is physically up another meaning of being high another meaning of al-ulu is uluwul qahr that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most high in terms of his authority and control over the affairs in terms of his authority and control over everything allah is the most high he is the one with that absolute control and authority over everything in his creation 
And the third type is Uluwul Qadr. Highness in your station and rank. Someone being high in terms of their station and rank. In terms of their status. So you may say such and such is a high person. Not physically, but in terms of his status and rank. So these three meanings of highness, a physical meaning of being high, a meaning of authority and control, and a meaning of your rank and status, your station, all three of those meanings of highness are applicable to Allah. Allah is the most high, meaning he is actually the most high above all of the creation. And he is the most high in terms of his authority and control over all of the creation. And he is the most high in his station and rank. Allah is the creator, the sustainer, the provider, the one deserving to be worshipped. So Allah has al-ulu in all three of those regards. Allah has the ulu in all three of those regards. And in fact, the scholars have mentioned, there is no one who in reality has all three of those forms of al-ulu, of the highness, except Allah. He is the only one who has all types of highness, high above his creation, high in terms of his authority and control over the creation, and in terms of the rank and the uh, station, meaning that Allah is the great and the mighty and the majestic and the powerful and the one deserving of worship. So those are three different meanings of the word al-ulu. And all three of them, they are applicable when talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then what are the evidences in the Qur'an, in the sunnah, which highlight to us that Allah is indeed above? That Allah is actually the most high above all of his creation. There are many evidences in the Quran and the Sunnah which highlight that to us. So some examples. In one ayah of the Quran in An-Nahl ayah 50 where Allah mentions Ya khafuna. رَبَّهُمْ مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ They fear their Lord from above them. Ayah in the Qur'an clearly highlights that Allah is above. They fear their Lord above them. That is what the ayah says. So that is a clear evidence. Allah telling us He is Above us, they, the servants, fear their Lord above them. 
Also, in another ayah, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ And he is the Al-Qahir, meaning the one in authority and the mighty and the majestic, who has the authority and control over his creation. He is the one who is Al-Qahir فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ Above his servants. So another ayah in the Quran highlighting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his servants. In another ayah, تَعْرُجُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ إِلَيْهِ In this ayah it tells us about how the angels ascend to him. How the angels go up to him. Again, very clear in its meaning, if the angels ascend to go to Allah, then Allah is above. If the angels must ascend, they must go up, then of course Allah is above. So that is in Al-Ma'arij, ayah number 4. In another example, Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 55, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us regarding Isa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, they claimed, or they thought, and they claimed that they crucified Isa alayhi salam. But in the Quran, Allah tells us, مَا صَلَبُوهُ وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ They did not crucify him. They did not kill him. Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, was not crucified by them, was not killed by them. Instead, Allah says, إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ Allah says regarding Isa alayhi salam, I am going to raise you up to me. رَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ I am going to raise you up from this earth, raise you up to me. So again, Allah telling us that he is going to raise Isa salam up to him. So then Allah is above. Allah is above. He is going to raise Isa salam up to him. So all of these evidences are very clear. Highlighting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above. And there are some which explicitly mention the word above or high. So for example, in the ayat where Allah says, وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ وَهُوَ الْعَلِي The meaning of the word al-ali, the one who is high. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ Allah is the most high, the great. And other ayat similar to that, وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرُ so Allah tells us He is Al-Ali. These are ayat of the Qur'an. Think about all of these examples when the people have this misunderstanding when it comes to the aqidah regarding where is Allah. And we're going to get to all of the things people say Allah is everywhere and all that kind of thing. But here you see these ayat 
clear ayat, Allah telling us He is above, Allah telling us He is Al-Ali, which means the one who is high and above. Also, some further examples, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ Have you believed in the one who is above the heaven? Have you believed? Do you believe in the one who is above the heaven? Clear once again. And in fact, there are some evidences that show you this same thing in the opposite way. How is that? That is, for example, in many ayat of the Qur'an, Allah tells us that He sent the revelation where? Sent the revelation up or sent the revelation down? Many ayat in the Qur'an where Allah tells us He sent the revelation down. So if the revelation is being sent down and the revelation is coming from Allah, that means Allah is... Above, Allah is above sending the revelation down. And so there are ayat which show that kind of meaning in some of the examples. Tanzilun min ar-Rahman rahim for example. Tanzil meaning something which descends. Revelation that goes down. So these ayat, and there are many examples of that, where Allah tells us about sending the revelation down. Another famous example linked to the revelation. So when the revelation used to come to the Prophet ﷺ, it would come from Allah down to the messenger with Jibreel ﷺ. He would come with that revelation from Allah and bring it down to the messenger. But on one occasion that didn't happen. On one occasion with one of the revelations, Jibreel didn't bring it down. The messenger actually went up to get the revelation. And that was the revelation of the, the prayer. The messenger وسلم, on the night of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj was taken up to the heavens to be given the revelation. Again, the messenger was taken up to the heavens. And it mentions in the hadith how he goes through the different levels of paradise higher and higher. So again, that is very clear that Allah is above. There are so many evidences. We're only going to mention a few of them in this lecture. So many evidences the scholars have highlighted from the Qur'an and the Sunnah proving Allah is above. So then, those were examples of ayat. Now a few examples from the Sunnah as well. From the hadith of the Prophet wasallam as well. So one of those examples is that in many narrations, we've been told as one of the etiquettes of making dua, and your dua being answered, is that you raise your hands 
Why would you make dua by raising your hands? Because you are calling upon your Lord who is above. That's why you raise your hands. If Allah wasn't above, then why raise your hands up when making dua? As Imam Abu Hanifa and some of the scholars, they said in that case, would you make dua with your hands down here or down here? Nobody does that. When you make dua, everybody knows you raise your hands because you know that Allah is above even the people who claim Allah is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. When they make dua, they will raise their hands up. They will raise their hands up because they know Allah's above, your creator is above, your Lord is above, not everywhere, above you. So even though they try to claim their aqidah, Allah is everywhere, everywhere. When they make dua, watch them, hands will go up still. Because internally they know their Lord is above them, their creator is above them. Allah is the most high. So they will raise their hands. And that's why the scholars, they say this is something you know inside of you anyway. It is something that you know inside of you anyway, that your Lord is above and He is the Most High. And that's why those people will still raise their hands even though they claim Allah is everywhere. So that is one, and there are many evidences like that. For example, in one of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَسْتَحِي مِنْ عَبْدِهِ إِذَا رَفَعَ إِلَيْهِ يَدَيْهِ أَنْ يَرُدَّهُمَا صِفْرًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shy to, or meaning that Allah does not like to send away a servant when he raises his hands to him with empty hands. When a person, a believer, raises his hands and makes dua to Allah, Allah does not wish to return his hands empty-handed, meaning that his dua is not answered. Rather, his dua is answered. So again, that narration highlights the point of raising your hands, and that therefore highlights that Allah is above. In another example, in another example, it's mentioned that in the Hajj, when the Prophet ﷺ gave one of the khutbas in Hajj, and he was saying to the people, to the believers who were there, أَنْتُمْ مَسْؤُولُونَ عَنِّي فَمَاذَا أَنْتُمْ قَائِلُونَ That you are uh, questioned about me, what do you say about me? The messenger was saying to them, what do you say about me? They said, Nashhad. We testify, أَنَّكَ قَدْ بَلَّغَتَ وَأَدَّيْتَ وَنَصَحْتَ We testify that indeed you have conveyed to us the message, the religion. You have conveyed to us, we testify. And that you have advised us and you have given us the guidance. That's what they replied to the messenger. We testify, you have conveyed to us. And you've given us the, the guidance and the, the religion and the evidences. And so when they said that, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ رَفَعَ إِصْبَعَهُ الْكَرِيمَ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ رَافِعًا لَهَا إِلَى مَنْ هُوَ فَوْقَهَا 
وفوق كل شيء قائلا اللهم اشهد that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then raised his finger and said اللهم اشهد oh allah testify to this and how did the messenger do it in the hadith it says raise this finger up to the sky oh allah testify oh allah testify اللهم اشهد clear how much clearer can it be the messenger there in that narration says to them oh allah testify above not everywhere and all this type of thing that the people claim in another narration there is the clear hadith many people will know about when that slave girl was questioned regarding ain allah where is allah and she said fis sama above the heavens so those are multiple evidences from the quran from the sunnah all indicating that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above and this is something that a person inherently knows you know inside of you that allah is above us everybody knows that even just inside of themselves that allah is above and it is something your intellect tells you allah is above and there are examples the scholars have mentioned about this amma thubutuhu bil aql al ilm al badihi al qati' bi anna kulla mawjud imma an yakuna ahaduhuma sariyan fil akhar qa'iman bihi kas sifat wa imma an yakuna qa'iman bi nafsihi ba'inan min al akhar firstly because everything that exists it either exists as something separate and independent or it exists as a part of something else your attributes your hand your arm they exist as a part of you this bottle of water exists by it self everything in creation is one of the two either it's something independent by itself or it's a part of something else So now then when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're either going to say Allah is separate from this creation independent from this creation or that Allah is a part of all of this creation and you know you cannot say Allah is a part of the creation Allah created the creation he is not part of the creation You cannot say Allah is part of the creation. He is separate from the creation because he created the creation. So that is something the scholars mention. You cannot possibly believe Allah is everywhere and therefore believe that he is part of and within the creation. The creation is one thing, the creator is different. The creator created the creation he's not in the creation so that is also something which is clear to understand and a person should not 
have the idea or thought that Allah is inside of the creation. The creation is the creation of Allah. He is the creator. He is not inside and part of the creation. And then on top of that, as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and other scholars, they mentioned, if you start to believe that Allah is everywhere in this creation, then, then what about all of the filthy places on this earth? All of the filthy places on this earth, the rubbish tip, where all of the trucks, they collect your rubbish and they take it and they dump it into that rubbish tip. A filthy place with all of the dirt and the impurities and all types of things. The toilets and various places around the world, filthy places. And what are you going to say? Allah is everywhere and this world has so many filthy places. Is Allah in all of those filthy places? We would not say statements of that nature. We would not say that Allah is in all of the world and everywhere. And yet this world has so many filthy places around it. So that is something clear that a person should understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not inside of the creation. Allah is above and separate from the creation. And that's what we say. Allah is the most high above and separate from the creation. Because this creation, you have this earth, and then you have the sky, the heavens above, and then you have on top of all of this creation, the highest creation, which is the the throne of Allah. On top of all of this creation and all of the heavens on the top, like a ceiling, above all of this creation is the throne of Allah. Then above that is... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above all of the creation, separate and distinct from the creation, because it's one of the two. Either you have to say Allah is above and separate from this creation that He created, or that Allah is within, inside of His own creation, within and inside of this creation. And anyone with a sound mind would understand that you do not say Allah is within and inside of His creation. Rather, Allah is above and separate from His creation. So that is something clear to understand. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah also mentioned uh, some speech of this nature. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi stated uh, uh, some principles regarding this also. And he said, هُوَ وَاجِبٌ بِالْعَقَلِ الصَّرِيحِ وَالْفِطْرَةِ الْإِنسَانِيَّةِ الصَّحِيحَةِ That it is something obligatory for you to understand that Allah is above and separate from this creation is something obligatory by your intellect. How could you believe Allah is within the creation? It is something clear by your intellect, Allah is above. And it is something clear in human nature. Ibn Abil Izz mentions here, Al-Hanafi, it is clear by human nature, you know that your Lord is above you, and separate from you, not mixed in here everywhere, 
Allah is separate and above you, your human nature tells you that too. And then, he highlights that intellectually, how do we know that intellectually and your human nature would tell you that Allah is definitely above? Because intellectually and with your human nature, we all understand that something being low is considered bad and something being high is considered good. That's why, for example, when the kings, they sit, they sit at an elevated place, their chair will be high up and everybody else will be lower down. The king doesn't come and sit on the floor and everybody else sits up on the stage. Because by human nature we know, by human nature we know, being low down isn't respectful, being high up is respectful. And so the kings and the leaders, they will not sit on the floor, and the people, they come and sit on the stage on chairs above them. Our human nature goes against that. Our human nature and sound intellect tells us, higher up is respect, lower down is not. So the leader, the king, etc. sits higher up for his respect and status and rank. And that is proven by the Qur'an as well. Proven that higher up, that is where the respect is. Lower down is where the disrespect is. Proven in the Qur'an because Allah tells us, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ that the hypocrites, they will be in the lowest pits of hellfire. The hypocrites, they will be in the lowest pits of hellfire. Scholars have mentioned, it's in the evidences, that the heavens, they go up in levels. You have the first level of the heavens, then the second level of the heavens, and the third level of the heavens, and the fourth level of the heavens. The heavens go up in levels. Whereas the hellfire, it goes down in pits. You have a pit of the hellfire, then you have another pit of the hellfire even lower than that one. Then another pit of the hellfire, even lower than that one. The hellfire goes down in pits. Whereas heaven, or the heavens, they go up in levels. And so Allah tells us that the munafiqoon, they are in the lowest pits of the hellfire. Down and low. So we understand from the evidences of the Qur'an and from our nature, low down is not the place of respect. High up is the place of respect. So if that's the case, and Allah is telling us the munafiqun are going to be right at the lowest parts, then how could we possibly attribute to Allah being low? Because being on this earth, and claiming Allah is everywhere here on this earth, we are all low here, the heavens are above us and high, we are all low here, so if you say Allah is here everywhere, 
you are saying Allah is in a place that is low, and that would not be suitable. Rather, Allah is in highness, high and above the heavens and all of the creation. So that is also something which highlights that it would not be correct to claim that Allah is everywhere. In some of the narrations of the Salaf, so we've mentioned some ayat of the Qur'an, we've mentioned some ahadith from the Sunnah, and we'll also mention some of the examples from the Salaf, highlighting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above. Because we always say that we understand the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. When people come along and they say, no, Allah is everywhere. And we can prove it to you from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And they'll give you some ayat which they misinterpret. And they say, look, that looks like it means Allah is everywhere. And they give you some hadith which they misinterpret. And they say, look, the hadith seems to indicate Allah is everywhere. How can you clarify to them you're misinterpreting these evidences? By going and showing them the understanding of the Salaf. Go and check. Did Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu understand this same interpretation of this ayah and hadith as you are understanding right now? Let's go check. Did Umar, Uthman, Ali radiyallahu anhum did they understand this same interpretation you are claiming of this ayah or this hadith? Let's go check. So we can say that even to ourselves. We've now been giving ayat of the Qur'an, a hadith from the sunnah, which all indicate Allah is above. If they say to us, well, you show us then. Did the salaf understand this interpretation of these ayat and these hadith that Allah is above? Then we will say, of course. Certainly they did, and we'll give you examples. Certainly they did. Certainly the Salaf understood and interpreted these ayat and hadith clearly and blatantly meaning Allah is above. And there is an example from the head of them all, from all of the Salaf, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. It's mentioned that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam died, that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu went and kissed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on his forehead. And then he said to the people, Abu Bakr then said to the people, he said to them, Man kana ya'abudu Muhammadan fa'inna Muhammadan qad mat. Whomsoever was worshipping Muhammad, then Muhammad has died. Highlighting to them that our belief and our religion and our tawheed is not to worship Muhammad sallallahu He is a messenger of Allah. We worship only Allah. So Abu Bakr said to them, whoever was worshipping Muhammad, Muhammad has died. Whoever was worshipping Muhammad, Muhammad has died. وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ فِي السَّمَاءِ حَيٌّ لَا and then he said to them, but whoever was worshipping Allah is worshipping Allah 
then Allah is above the heavens and does not die. This was what Abu Bakr mentioned. That whomsoever was worshipping Muhammad, then Muhammad has died. But whomsoever is worshipping Allah, Allah is above the heavens and does not die. So this example of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu shows explicitly that his aqeedah was that Allah is above. He said to them, if you are worshipping Muhammad, Muhammad is died. But whomsoever worships Allah, then Allah is above the heavens, alive and does not die. Allah is above the heavens. So we know that the Salaf, their interpretation and their understanding was clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the creation, separate and distinct from this creation. In another example, from the next Khalifa, Umar ibn al-Khattab, after Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, it was Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, the next Khalifa, and there is an example from him too, proving and showing that he also had this same aqidah, that Allah is above. So there is a hadith where it mentions that a woman came up to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, and it is mentioned that she was Khawlah bint Tha'labah radiyallahu anha, that she came up to the Prophet, to uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu and she stopped him. Because Umar ibn al-Khattab with some of the others, they were walking somewhere and she came up to him and she stopped him to talk to him, to ask him something. So Umar ibn al-Khattab stopped. Stopped. They were walking somewhere, going somewhere, but he stopped to listen to her and to give her uh, what she required from the a fatwa or whatever it was that she was requesting. So he stopped and began listening to her. Until she explained what the problem or issue was, etc. He listened to it all and it was done and she left. Then the people who were with Umar ibn al-Khattab, and Umar ibn al-Khattab at this time was the Amir al-Mu'mineen. 
He was the leader, Amirul Mu'mini. So the men around Umar ibn al-Khattab were slightly surprised that he is Amirul Mu'mineen, the leader. And some woman just comes and stops him and wants to start asking questions and he has to stop and listen to her. They were slightly surprised. So they said to Umar ibn al-Khattab, حَبَسَتْ رِجَالًا مِنْ قُرَيْشِ أو حَبَسْتَ رِجَالًا مِنْ قُرَيْشِ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْعَجُوزِ That you stopped us all, because all of them, there was a group of them, they said, you stopped us all and you are Amirul Mu'mineen. All of us, we had to just stop for this old lady who came to ask you these questions. All of us stopped for this old lady. So then Umar ibn al-Khattab says to them, وَيْلَكَ تَدْرِي مَنْ هَذِهِ Woe be to you. Do you know who this was? Who this woman was? قَالَ لَا He said no. قَالَ هَذِهِ امْرَأَةِ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ شَكْوَاهَ مِنْ فَوْقِ سَبِعِ سَمَاوَاتِ هَذِهِ خَوْلَهِ بِنْ ثَعْلَبَةِ He said this woman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard her complaint from above the seven heavens. In the ayah in the Quran where it mentions about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hearing her complaint. We mentioned it in a lesson a while ago about the hearing, Allah being the all hearing. And so Umar ibn al-Khattab says, this is the woman that Allah heard her and she's here on this earth. Allah heard her from above the seven heavens. Umar ibn al-Khattab has just affirmed his aqidah that he believes Allah is above the seven heavens, above the creation. So this is the difference between Salafiyyah and all of the other people out there. The difference is anybody can come and say to you, there's an ayah in the Quran that proves Allah is everywhere. There's a hadith that proves Allah is everywhere. And they give you an ayah, they give you a hadith. When you look at it, you think, okay, maybe they've got a point, maybe. But how does it break down when you say to them, okay, this ayah, this hadith that you are interpreting as meaning or as showing that Allah is everywhere. Did the salaf interpret it in that same way as you? They will never be able to find you salaf. They will never be able to find you anyone from the salaf who interpreted these ayat as they did because these interpretations of theirs are incorrect. Incorrect and false interpretations, bid'ah, that they fall into, misguidance that they fall into with their misinterpretations. Whereas Ahlul Sunnah, if you say something and they say to you, well then go ahead, you tell us, did the Salaf have this interpretation? We will say, absolutely, and that's the reason why we believe this. That is the reason this is our aqidah. Because it's from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, and what the Salaf were upon. Why is it important what the Salaf were upon? The Salaf, the likes of Abu Bakr and Umar, where did they learn their religion from? Who did they get their understanding from? From the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah, are understanding all of these evidences to mean that Allah is actually above the creation, then where have they got this understanding from? From the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's what differentiates between the people. 
Ahlus Sunnah, the Salafiyun, they can tell you something, we can mention something, and not just the Quran, not just the Sunnah, but with examples of the Salaf having that same belief. Whereas the people of misguidance can never do that. They will find a hadith and say, look, this is the proof for our aqidah. They will find an ayah, look, this is the proof for our aqidah. Only because they have twisted those evidences, misinterpreted them to make it look like it proves their aqidah. But as soon as you say to them, well, okay, let's see if the salaf have this same interpretation as you, then that's the end. You will never find from the salaf who had the misguided aqidah. So that is an example from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and also from Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu and there are other examples as well but just to cut short so we have their evidences from the Quran evidences from the Sunnah evidences from the statements of the Salaf that our aqidah is Allah is above the creation, above the seven heavens, above the throne, separate from this creation, not everywhere mixed in with this creation. Allah sees and hears and has knowledge of everything and everywhere. But we do not say that Allah himself is everywhere within this creation mixed in with us all. That is the belief of the misguided ones from the sects of deviation, from the Jahmiyyah, the Hululiyah, the Sufiyyah, all of those types of individuals to some degree or another had these types of belief that Allah is mixed in with us in our creation and we are all one entity, the creator and the creation. And this is all false. It cannot be that Allah is low in this creation, and that Allah is mixed in with this creation, rather Allah is the creator, this is the creation, and there is a distinct difference between that. The final thing that we'll briefly mention today, is regarding the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we said, all of this creation, you have the seven heavens, you have everything. On top of all of this creation, the ceiling, as it's mentioned in the hadith, the ceiling of all of this creation is the throne of Allah, which is bigger than all of this creation. In a, in a hadith, it mentions that all of the heavens and the earth compared to the footstool of Allah, not the throne, the footstool of Allah, is like a vast desert, a huge desert, and you throw a ring into that desert. What is the size of that ring compared to that desert? That's the example of all of this creation, that's the ring. The desert is the footstool of Allah. Then, the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah, the footstool is like a ring, and the throne of Allah is the desert. So imagine how small now, think how small now is the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah. 
But how big the footstool of Allah is compared to all of this creation. So how small we are compared to the throne of Allah. But then on top of that, if that is the vastness of the throne of Allah, then you have still above that, the creator of all of that. The creator of the throne and all of this creation. So Allah is above the throne. The throne is the seal of the, uh, the ceiling of the creation. And there are evidences in the Quran again. For example, when Allah mentions Thumma that Allah then rose up to the heavens, meaning went up, went above, and in some other ayat, in fact there are, as the scholars mention, multiple ayat, seven different ayat, seven different places in the Quran where Allah tells us about him going above the throne. Seven different places in the Quran where Allah tells us about him going above the throne. Inna rabbakumu Allahu alladhi khalaqa as-samawati wal-arda fi sittati ayyam thumma stawa ala al-arsh as an example. That your Lord is the one who created the heavens and the earth in six days and then he rose above the throne. He went above the throne and there are seven places in the Quran where that is mentioned. So you can see how many evidences there are when you put them all together, how many there are indicating Allah being above. There is a hadith of Abu Hurairah where Abu Hurairah mentioned that the Prophet said to him, O Abu Hurairah, that the Prophet took him by the hand and he said to him, O Abu Hurairah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرَضِينَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامِ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ That the Prophet ﷺ took Abu Hurairah by the hand and said, O Abu Hurairah, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth in six days, and then he rose above the throne. So exactly like it's mentioned in the Qur'an, there are narrations from the sunnah, where uh, the Prophet ﷺ highlighted that Allah is above the throne. The last thing we'll briefly mention is how some of the people of innovation, they claim that these ayat that mention al-istiwa, al-istiwa, that Allah is the Most High, that they actually mean al-istila. They change it and they say that the meaning is actually that Allah conquered over the affairs. Not that Allah rose above the throne. Allah conquered the throne and the creation. This is wrong in multiple ways. One of them because if we say that these ayat mean Allah conquered over the throne and the creation... In the ayat where it says Allah created the heavens and the earth in six days and then conquered over the throne. Does that mean there was a time when Allah was not conquering over the throne? Can there ever be a time when Allah was not the all-conquering? Impossible. 
How could the ayat mean that Allah was not conquering the throne at one time? Then he had to conquer the throne. Because istawla, this verb in Arabic indicates a lack of conquering and then conquering occurring. That's the meaning of the verb. So in that case it would mean that Allah was not conquering over the throne initially. And how can that possibly be? Impossible. And on top of that it is mentioned in the Arabic language that it is impossible to have this meaning of al-istawla in this place. In fact, one of the famous lines of poetry that they use about istawla bishr ala al-Iraq, firstly, many of them say that this line of poetry doesn't even exist. If you look at the chains of narration of that poetry, it doesn't even exist. The one that exists is istawa. But even if it existed as bishr, Istawla ala al-Iraq, it's actually literally true anyway. Because Bishr conquered Iraq and then rose above and conquered the throne of Iraq. So then that would be a literal meaning which is correct anyway. And that's got nothing to do with Allah rising above the throne. Bishr literally conquered Iraq and conquered the throne, literally. So in any way you think of it, all of the types of arguments that people of innovation try to use, to say that Allah is not above the throne and that Allah is everywhere, Allah is mixed in with us. All of those types of uh, arguments are false. And there are just too many evidences in the Quran and the Sunnah that highlight to us clearly and from the statements of the Salaf that Allah, our Creator, our Lord, is indeed above us, above the creation, separate from this creation. And that is where we'll conclude today's lecture. Sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. If there's anything to ask or add, you can do so quickly now before the prayer. Uh, said, um, we know that with Allah, the creation is separate from us. Features or you know race or color does not make you superior, but Allah mentions that He describes the furulain in paradise as being extremely fair, with you know big eyes. So is that like a superior feature, being fair, generally? No, in this world there is no superiority over skin color or appearance. In the Hadith where it mentions, "Inna Allah la yanzuru ila suwarikum." Allah does not look at your appearances, does not look at your appearance, large, small, tall, short, fair, dark. Allah does not look at your appearances in this world and your accountability is not connected to your appearance whatsoever. It is, as you mentioned, taqwa, inna akramakum indallahi atqaqum. The best of you with Allah, the most noble of you is the most pious of you. And there are clear examples how many of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were from the black race. Many of the companions were black. Many of them were of dark complexion, dark skin. So it, there is no accountability upon appearance. And that is explicit in the narrations. As for the afterlife and examples of what is present and blessings that are present, that is specific to the affairs of the afterlife. In terms of accountability, that is not part of it because the evidences clearly indicate to us
That is not a part of accountability. What's the term physical? What's the ruling of using that in regards to Allah? Physical, how would you mean? Like if someone said, Allah is the most high physically. With terminology, you do have to be careful because it requires explanation. Uh, here, for example, now if you want to try and explain to someone that we are literally saying that Allah is above. We are literally saying Allah is above. Not metaphorically, not uh, in any type of simile, not in any type of majaz, that we are saying Allah is literally above the heavens and the earth, literally above the creation. Physically, uh, that maybe a person may understand that you're talking about Allah himself physically, but what we mean by physically again is literally. That Allah is literally above the heavens and the earth. It's difficult in English and the types of words you can use and cannot use. Yeah, that's why with aqidah, it is far easier and clearer in Arabic directly. But when you have to explain things in English, you do have to give a lot more details so that misinterpretations and misunderstandings do not occur from certain words and terminology. But that comes from studying the details of aqidah bit by bit. You go through books like Al-Wasatiyah and Tahawiyah and those kind of books. And slowly you, you see what kind of language can be used in English. See, one of the issues with knowledge is that translation into English isn't really a part of knowledge. That is a subsidiary. For someone who can put time and effort into that, it's a subsidiary. So if you're able to do that and you're able to put time into working out precise words and what would be the best way to phrase things into English, that's good. But it's not the core of the knowledge which is explained in the Arabic and explained in the terminology of the Arabic words. But you have to be careful. You do have to be careful so that people don't misunderstand something. Consequences of misunderstanding. Consequences in terms of how it affects a person's No, they are severe. The consequences of misunderstanding the names and attributes of Allah are severe. The majority of the people who went astray, one of their problems was misunderstanding the names and attributes of Allah and therefore believing things about Allah that are not true about Allah. So it is very important. It's one of the key parts of knowledge you must learn. The key parts of knowledge, one of them is the names and attributes of Allah. Tawheedul asma'i wa sifat. So you have to have an understanding of who your Lord is and what the names and attributes of Allah are to some basic level at least. Have you believed uh, 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 to the one in the sky? But is it not better to say, have you, do you feel safe or secure? Uh, ah, I thought you were going to ask about the fee. The amintum, that's not the relevant part of the ayah for us anyway. Amintum, the other meaning, yes, uh, to feel safe and secure. Do you feel secure from the plot or the plan of Allah? But the fee, I thought you were going to ask about the fee. The fee is important because many ayat, they say, fissama. But Fissama does not mean in the sky. The huruful jar in Arabic, they are interchangeable in their meanings. Fi in this context means ala. 
That Allah is above. So do not think when it says fi, it means Allah is in the sky, it means Allah is above. But the translation you mentioned, that's correct. What al- when it comes to Tawheedul Asma'i wa Sifat, the Aqeedah regarding the names and attributes of Allah, the principle definition of it is very simple. Nasifullaha bima wasafa bihi nafsahu, aw wasafahu rasuluhu, wasafahu bihi rasuluhu. That we attribute to Allah what Allah attributed to Himself and what the Messenger attributed to Him. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned this as the basic definition. Whatever Allah has mentioned about himself, we affirm it. And there cannot possibly be deficiency in affirming what Allah has affirmed for himself. Because Allah is the most knowledgeable about himself. And he is the one telling us that he is above the throne. And that he rose above the throne. And we do not go into any specifics or details over and above what has been mentioned with all of the names and attributes of Allah. There is no kaif. There is no descriptions of how Allah does this or how Allah does that. But we affirm what Allah has affirmed for Himself. And we affirm what the Messenger has affirmed for Allah. And we negate what Allah negated from Himself and what the Messenger negated from Himself. That is the basic principle when it comes to the names and attributes. When the people of innovation then start to make up hypothetical scenarios, or they make up discussions, like they say if Allah descends in the last third of the night, the hadith about Allah descending in the last third of the night, then you get this discussion about, does that mean that the throne becomes vacant? But the scholars have mentioned, that is not a discussion that you require to open up in detail in reality. We affirm Allah is above the throne, and we affirm Allah descends to the lowest heaven. And you don't need to go into, does the throne become vacant? Does it not become vacant? These are types of discussions some of the scholars have mentioned, do not bring about any fruits to them. Last thing, anyone have any last thing then? There are, there are multiple ayat. There are uh, various ayat. Some of them not in the context of as-sama. Some of them in the context of the ground. In one of the ayat, it mentions about the rizq of the animals being fil-ard. Which would literally mean then, in the ground. But do all, but cows have to dig into the ground to get the grass out? Do other animals... All of them, these animals that live on the ground, do ev- some animals they dig, but the animals generally is their food all underground. Every animal has to dig to get the food out. No, this ayah is another example of fil ard, meaning al ard. Their rizq is upon the earth, the grass and the vegetation and other affairs. So there are examples, and this is known in the Arabic language. It is known and established in the Arabic language that the huruful jar are interchangeable. If you go to Al-Fiyat ibn Malik, you will find the explanations there. We'll have to conclude. It's time for the prayer. 
inshallah ta'ala next class here will be for this lesson in two weeks time fortnightly inshallah